Oh, Brother Ray does from the Gideons. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, this morning, I want to talk about something really important. You know, when a person becomes born again, when they make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life, they become spiritually alive, right? Before a person makes Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life, they're dead spiritually. What does that mean? It means that there's a disconnection from God, right? Because of that sin nature. But when uh, the Holy Ghost comes in, when someone gets born again, that regeneration takes place and washes that sin nature away, and now they become spiritually alive unto God. Can you say amen? amen? Now, God is wanting Christians today to look beyond the natural appearance of people, situations, and so on, to be able to align their vision with His. Amen? Now, today I want to talk about the importance of maintaining spiritual vision. And what that means. If we as Christians maintain a spiritual perspective, we will be able to be used by God in a greater way. Amen? We wouldn't be hindering God's plans, but we would be promoting them. How many times have we hindered God's plans because we're only looking on the natural and the outward appearance, right? Now, I'm talking about being in unity with our Heavenly Father, with God. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Listen to this. Very, very potent verse here. It says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's hus husbandry. You are God's building. Okay? It says we are laborers together. There's that partnership. There's that unity that our Heavenly Father wants us to have with Him. You see, spiritual vision is a must. It allows us to see what is and what will be taking place in people, situations and places that is not visible to the natural eye. How many of you know that the spiritual realm is just as real as what you see with your natural eye? Right? Uh, the spirit, there's stuff happening all the time in the spiritual realm. But how can we labor with our Heavenly Father if we are not valuing others uh, as he does, and if we aren't moved with that same compassion, you see what I'm saying? I'm talking about unity with our Heavenly Father, seeing things the way he does, not the way we see from the outward appearance. Hallelujah. I believe today that the Lord is asking us this question. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? And that's what I named this today. Do you see what I see? Spiritual vision is seeing things the way God, God does, as I said, and feel the same way as he does about certain things. Now, what about people like Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, and other ministers who've been used mightily for the kingdom of God? What if the people who led them to the Lord what if they decided just to walk on by and not speak the word to them? What would have happened? Well, God could have used someone else, sure. But I'm talking about when you have spiritual vision and perception, you can see the potential. You look beyond the natural and you see the potential of that individual. Amen? The importance of being in unity with how God sees things. 
Uh, now, how about when John the Baptist seen Jesus when he was in the, the River Jordan and said, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, John the Baptist was looking with his spiritual eyes. Many of Jesus' own relatives and people that Jesus grew up with on this earth just seen him as just ordinary and natural from the outward appearance. But John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Why? Because John the Baptist connected with God's vision and it became one. And he's seen the spiritual side and not the natural. Are you following me this morning? See, but many of Jesus' own who were on this earth, the relatives and friends and such, they, they were just looking and they were tripped up by the outward appearance of Jesus. God himself was right in their midst, but they missed it because they were only looking in the natural and not hooking up with how God seen in the spiritual. Amen? You see, God sees the whole picture. He sees the potential that's in that individual in that city, in that local church. Through his son Jesus, he sees the sick healed. He sees the lame walking and running. He sees those who are in bondage to drugs and alcohol set free. And I'm talking, he's looking in the spiritual. Because in the natural, it might not look like that. You might see an individual coming out of the bar every night just sloshed. But God can see through that. He can look to the potential of that person. And that's why we as Christians representatives for the Lord Jesus Christ, ambassadors for Christ, we have to look past the natural and do what we are called to do on this earth. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is our greatest example of having very keen and precise spiritual vision. He was in total unity with his heavenly Father. Turn with me to John. The Gospel of John, uh, John chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading from verse 19. Just one verse, but one verse that speaks volumes of what I'm talking about today. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. John chapter 5, verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Now look at that. It says, but what he seeth the Father do. Well, the Bible says that God is a spirit. He can't be seen with the natural eye, right? Jesus is talking in spiritual terms. He's saying, I see my Father in, a, in the spiritual. I see things in a different light than how the world sees things. I'm looking into the spiritual realm. I'm seeing that potential in that person. I see the potential in that leper who's being shunned all the day long and being spit on. But then Jesus comes along to a leper who has been so used to being shunned. And he comes up to that leper and, and just lets divine love flow right to him. Why? Because Jesus sees the potential. He's seen that leper healed. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. How about in Mark chapter 5? The demoniac of Gadara. Boy, well, that guy was a nutcase, wasn't he? That's what we would think in the natural. Come on now. The guy was over in the tombs crying all night naked. 
barking like a dog, howling like a dog. How many, I mean, come on. Let's be honest about it. In the natural, if we seen someone out here doing that, we would think, boy, that guy's a freak, right? And we probably wouldn't even go, I mean, we wouldn't approach that, would we? But Jesus seen the potential. And you know what? After Jesus set him free from those demon spirits who were tormenting him, the, the demoniac of Adira said, hey, I want to follow you. Jesus said, no, go tell others about what I have done for you. Jesus turned that demoniac into a born-again saint proclaiming the gospel. Amen? Proclaiming Jesus. Oh, I'll tell you what. You know, some of the Christians who, who really have the most oomph about getting the gospel out are the ones who were way down low at the bottom because it took a long way for them to come up to the top and be set free, and they're thankful. Amen? So that's why you see these preachers who, who have the testimony like Larry Huck. If you ever heard of Larry Huck out in Portland, Oregon, he said he was a drug addict. I mean, he did every drug you could name of flowed through his veins. But he's proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's on TBN now. Some of the, the ministers who've done the most for God are the ones who are in the most bondage. Amen? But Jesus looked outside. He, he went beyond the outward shell of that, that demoniac. And he said, there's a spirit locked up. There's potential locked in that shell, and I'm going to go unlock it. And us, as representatives, ambassadors for Jesus Christ, we have to do the same. Amen? Unlock that potential. That's really what you're doing. When you're seeing things in the spiritual, you're unlocking potential. Everywhere you go. Yourself. Come on now. Don't look at your... So many of us are hard on ourselves. We got to look and see what God has, has put within us. Right? There's potential in each one of us. Hallelujah. Now, Psalm, uh, Psalm 73 this psalm talks about the psalmist here had a whole bunch of enemies against him. And this psalmist seen his enemies in the natural prosper. He's saying, God, my, the enemies, the ones who are coming against me, they're prospering. What is going on? And the psalmist became jealous. He became jealous because his enemies, the ones who are coming against him, treating him terrible like dirt. They're prospering. Or were they? Look at verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary or presence of God, then I understood their end. You see, there's a, a, a pleasure, for si pleasure in sin, the Bible says, for a season. You see, so, when, but, but this guy, the psalmist here, Asaph, I believe it is, when he, he was only looking in the natural and seeing things in the natural, but then he went into the presence of God. He went from the flesh mode, boom, to looking into the spiritual. When he looked into the spiritual, he seen the way things really were. Amen? Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood the rest. That's the importance of having that intimate walk with the Lord. Getting into the word of God every day. Maintaining that prayer life, that communication with our Heavenly Father. Amen? Hallelujah.
See, when you are looking at things through the eyes of your spirit, or looking at people, places, and things with the spiritual mindset, according to the word of God, you will be in total harmony with how God feels about those certain things, or how he feels about them people. So really, you could break it down this way. It is a matter of being sensitive to and being led by the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, as I said before, Jesus and our Heavenly Father, they're up in heaven right now. But Jesus sent the Holy Ghost. The only part of the Trinity that is on this earth right now is the Holy Ghost. Right? The Holy Spirit, and he lives in you, the believer. And so we need to be sensitive to him. We need to be led by him. Because when we are, we'll be seeing things the way they really are. We can unlock that potential in other individuals. We can unlock that potential in the cities, in our schools. Amen? Don't just sit back and complain about things because you've give, been given the key to unlock that potential. Right? We can't sit back and complain if we're not going out and doing anything about it. Now, 1 Corinthians 6.17. I'm talking about being sensitive to and being led by the Holy Spirit now. To be able to see the way God does. It says that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. There's that partnership. There's that unity. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. It don't mean just one. It mean, well, because the Bible says about marriage, it says the husband and wife, they shall be one flesh. Right? They're two but they're in unity. It's talking about unity. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He's talking about unity there. You see, how are we supposed to labor with him if we're always trying to fight against his will, fight against him? Well, there's no partnership in that, is there? How would you like to own a business and have a partner that's constantly fighting against you? Amen. That'd be miserable. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 declares this. It's a principle in the word. It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Come on now. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, so anytime there is more than one vision between you and the Lord or, or among people even in a local church, that is called Division. Now, D-I, vision. Division. Di means more than one. It means that there's more than one vision. See, remember this. Division always breeds confusion. Division always breeds confusion. And we know the word of God says in 1 Corinthians 14.33 that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. What's the peace he's talking about? He's talking about unity. Now, who do you think promotes division? Who's always trying to separate uh, our vision from God's? Who's trying to separate things in, a, in the local church? Satan and demonic spirits. They are the authors of confusion. They're the ones who are promoting division. But why would Satan and demonic spirits try so hard to sow discord and division and confusion why would they do it it's very simple turn with me to psalm 133 psalm 133 
I'm talking about why would Satan and demonic spirits want to get our vision off from God's vision? Or even sow division in a local church? What's, what's the point there? What's the reasoning? And it's found in Psalm 133. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Listen to this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. And as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. This is the reason why Satan and demonic spirits try so hard to bring division, to stop the flow of God's anointing in your life and in the local church. Listen to me. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, even, even with pastors, the Holy Spirit has given very strict instructions to church leaders in particular. Uh, Acts, turn with me real quick to Acts 20, verse 28. Just trying to piece a puzzle together for you, and I thank you. This might show you why. You see, the Holy Ghost, uh, that's Acts 20, verse 28. The Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul gave very important instructions to the leaders of the church. Listen to this. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Now why would the Holy Ghost give such clear directions to the church leaders? Because... The Holy Ghost knows, of course, that Satan likes to come in and he's going to try to stop the flow of that anointing with division. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm talking, I'm relating this to our personal lives and as a body. Uh, you see, spiritual authority and why God has set order, we, ser we serve a God of order. Can you say amen to that? The kingdom of God is a kingdom of order and not chaos. You see, that's, uh, that's what separates, obviously, there's many separations, but the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. One is chaos, one is order. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of order. Now, uh, so spiritual authority that God has set in the church is set in place to protect, to cover, and to watch over the individuals that the Holy Ghost has made them overseers. You see, it's not a power trip, it's not a pride thing, but it's, it's a protection thing. It's, it's a, the Holy Ghost knew that there's the, the enemy is going to try to come in and sow something to stop that flow. And of course, the Holy Spirit wants that power to flow through our personal lives, through the local body, through the body of Christ as, as a whole. Amen? So the main reason that Satan and demonic spirits cause division is to stop the power of God, the anointing flowing. And I relate it to this. Follow me here. Say if I had two pipes here, okay, and they're together. Those two pipes are in unity, and the anointing is flowing through those pipes, right? Well, division means more than one. Now, you separate those pipes. Though that anointing's not flowing through both of them anymore, is it? 
It's two separate. You're going to have a mess, aren't you? You're going to have a mess because they're not connected. Those pipes aren't in unity. Now, so the Lord is asking us today, I believe, do you see what I see? Do you see the potential in your own life when you line up with my vision? Do you see the potential in others? Do you see the potential in your local church? Turn with me a minute to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let me give you a little bit of background of what is happening in this passage and what the context is. Let me turn there myself first. But 1 Samuel 16, there it is. The context of this scripture that I'm going to read and pull out some information. Saul, the king of Israel, Israel, repeatedly rebelled against God's instructions. So basically, God gets fed up with Saul and says, you're done. Okay? And um, so God then tells the prophet Samuel that he is to go to a guy by the name of Jesse and anoint one of his sons who will become the next king of Israel. Are you following me? And we know who that next king was going to be. It's going to be David. But I want to go through quickly here in 1 Samuel 16 and pull out some points that really line up with what I'm talking about today. 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. The first thing I want to point out is how God says to the prophet Samuel, Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? Spiritual vision always points to the present and to the future. Never to the past. God's trying to tell God's trying to tell uh, the prophet Samuel, hey, quit looking back. You're hindering from moving my kingdom forward on this earth. Amen? So the spiritual vision only pertains to the present and looking into the future, not to the past. Forget about, forget about the past. Move forward. What's going on now? And let's look forward. Let's look at the potential going on. Now, Saul sinned and rebelled against God. Yeah, and he was hung up on that fact. And so he said, keep moving. Verses 3 and 4, I'll read 2. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with thee and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 3. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? You see, verse 3, it says, And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. Sometimes God will tell us to do something, but he won't give us further instruction until we step out and do the first thing he said to do. Do you understand that? So many, God, God, so many people are saying, God, what, what do I do? What do I do? He's saying, well, do the first thing I told you to do, and further instructions will come. Amen. Now, 
So we need to step out and obey. Now, we always have to judge, you know, if we're being led by the Spirit, we've got to judge it according to the Word of God mixed with prayer. Can you say amen to that? Uh, an example is prophesying. Sometimes he will give us in, in, the, in the congregation, he'll give someone a few words to speak out. But until you say those few words, he's not going to give you any more. Do you know what I'm, anybody been there before? Yes. Like you'll just have, have like a, a sentence or maybe a couple words to speak out and you feel the Holy Ghost telling you, speak it out. But you're nervous because you don't have the whole picture. So you're nervous, you're going to make a fool out of yourself, right? But God says, speak it out. And when you start speaking that word, all of a sudden it's like a water. Whoa, the word just flows and it flows and it flows. Why? Because God's looking for our obedience. Amen. So to maintain spiritual vision or spiritual perception, it demands faith and obedience to God. To maintain that spiritual vision and spiritual perception, it demands faith and obedience to God. Because remember, you're not looking in the natural. You're looking at things in the spiritual sense, right? And, and if you're a Christian, uh, you're spiritually alive unto God, you have that capability. As we're an unbeliever, don't. They're just dead because of their sin until they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? So no faith, nor obedience, no spiritual vision. Because you, when you take away those two elements, you have separated yourself from the one who gives you that vision or ability to see, the Holy Spirit. And did you know in Ephesians 4.30, it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost can be grieved. And I'll tell you, if there's no faith, if there's no obedience to God, the Holy Ghost is grieved. Those are two elements that need to be active constantly in the life of a Christian. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 6. And it came to pass when they were come that Samuel, the prophet Samuel, looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Hmm. Eliab was one of Jesse's sons. And so, you know, it's kind of like a runway model thing, you know, Jesse sending one son walk in front of Samuel, you know, and Samuel says, well, boy, that's got to be the one. Oh, no. Wrong. The prophet Samuel was not seeing what God was seeing. He was not lined up with God's vision. He was looking in the natural. He, you know, he seen him, he seen him and said, boy, he's of great stature. Mm, God don't care about that. God don't care about that thing in the natural. See, if you have spiritual vision and perception, you will always see the potential in a person and not what they're looking like on the outside. Now, <laughs> this is interesting verse right here. In this one verse, verse 7, is really the clincher for this message of what we need to take a hold of. Verse 7 says this, after Samuel said, this has to be the one. No. Verse 7 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Oh, can you say amen to that? 
so many times we just judge people from the outward. You know that? We do. It's a sin. Say amen. It's a sin. We need to go past and look at the potential. The Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now verses 8, 9, and 10. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made uh, Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. So you see Samuel's vision after the Lord gave him some direction. Samuel's vision became lined up with God's vision. Hey, two or three other sons passed by. Samuel says, nope, not the one. I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Verse 10. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are, here, are these all your children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keeps the sheep. <laughs> oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. He didn't even let his young son pass because even his own father didn't see the potential in him. Fathers, take note. See the potential in your children. Build them up. Amen? And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send uh, said fetch him we will not sit down till he comes hither and he sent and brought him in now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and godly to, to look at and the Lord said arise anoint him for this is he the youngest one of the bunch that his own father didn't even have enough confidence in didn't even let him walk by just for fun Oh, come on, David. Go ahead, just pass by. Oh, come on, have a little fun. No. That is the next king of Israel, God says. And Samuel takes a horn filled with oil. That oil's representative of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He takes it over the youngest son and pours it upon to anoint him for the mission that God has called him to. Don't get caught up in the things of this world of looking on the outward, looking at the age, looking at all the other things the world takes into account. Because God says, I'll take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. Amen. So the Lord is asking us today, do you see what I see? Do you see the potential in others? Do you see the potential in yourself? Do you see the potential in that little boy who comes up to you all the time and wants a hug? Do you see the potential in, in that little girl who comes up with, 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 you know, who's dirty or something? And Do you see the potential? Do you see the potential in that bum who lives underneath the bridge? Do you see the potential that God has locked up in them that needs to be unlocked? And that key is the Lord Jesus Christ for the unsaved. And for us, you know what? We need to get into the presence of God, have that faith and obedience, and start to see the way he does. Let's all stand in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God, for your holy word.
Father, I just thank you for what you have spoken unto us today, Father. And we do not take it lightly, Father. We know you're trying to get a message through to this body in particular. And Father, and to all of those who are going to be listening to this CD around the world. Father, I pray that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. That we would have eyes to see the way you see things, Father. Forgive us. For, for judging the outward appearance, Father. For judging according to the world does. Father, we know you've called us out. The church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to line your vision up with the Lord's today, and you want to make that commitment that you're going to do that, lift your hands in this place. And ask Him to anoint you afresh. And if there's anyone in this place who has never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, today's the day of salvation. Don't walk out of here because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And if you leave here without making Jesus your Lord and Savior and, and you step into eternity without doing that, you're not going to like where you wake up. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life today, I want you to come down to this altar and I want to pray with you. If, if today you can say, hey, I've been a Christian for a while, but you know what? I've been backslidden. I, I haven't been walking in the faith and obedience to the Word of God like I should. And today you want to rededicate. I want you to come down and I want to pray with you this morning. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, He said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you you see when a person's born again the Holy Ghost comes to live on the inside but then there's that other experience the baptism in the Holy Ghost where you shall receive power once the Holy Spirit has what? come upon you if you have never received that awesome experience to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and, and just to put a boost in that in your witness for Christ I want you to come up and I want to lay hands on you and pray with you to receive the precious baptism in the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you need a physical healing in your body and you need prayer for that, if you need a miracle in your life, whatever, I want you to come down today and I want to pray for you and agree with you because I believe the power of God is still flowing on this earth today. Can you say amen to that? It didn't die out with the apostles, with the last apostles. Thank you, Lord.
take the place of honor in our lives. Hallelujah. That's what he wants. Priority, the place of honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What, what a wonderful God we serve. Amen. Brother Ray, if you want to go take your, your place back there for, for the offering, don't forget, saints, he's going to be back there to receive an offering for the Gideon Foundation there. And what an awesome ministry. We really need to support the word of God, the promotion of God's word. Amen. That's the heart and soul of the gospel. They need to hear God's word. It says, how can they be saved? Unless there be a preacher, right? Unless they hear about it. Unless they read what God says about it. Um, so he's going to be back there taking that. Don't forget to come on up and take your little kit here that he brought in for you, for you and your family. And uh, just be praying for me. Uh, Sister Laura's going to sing a couple hymns today over at uh, uh, the nursing home. Pray for Pastor Ray. Or, um, Brother Ray, I'm sorry. Well, he's going in preaching the word. We'll call him pastor in that place today. Amen. Pray for us that... The Lord give us, gives us the word. And what I'm planning on preaching over there today is uh, the secret place on Psalm 91. So just be praying about that. Um, is there anything else? Let me just make sure here. Just go in peace. Have a blessed week. Brother Asohan is back this morning. Amen. He's at the airport this morning. Sister Elaine went to get him. Well, we're excited to see him again. Amen. Go in peace. Be blessed, saints. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Bible study, 6 o'clock prayer. See you next Sunday. God bless you.